It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, January 25th, 2022. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will continue its discussion of a short-term tourism plan and may approve a budget for that plan on first reading. The city is anticipating a wave of around 480,000 cruise passengers this summer, following the recent expansion of the private Sitka Sound Cruise Terminal. The city's planning department has been tasked with figuring out the impact that number of visitors will have on Sitka's streets, sewers and sidewalks in the short term, with plans to draft something more comprehensive for future seasons. The Planning Commission approved a draft plan in December, and the Assembly reviewed the plan earlier this month. The biggest question that's still unanswered is whether the city should completely close Lincoln Street on big cruise days or make the street one way for the entire summer. The Commission's plan recommends a full closure, but the decision now rests with the Assembly. In other business, the Assembly will hold a work session on the landslide warning project and consider the city's legislative priorities for fiscal year 23. The Sitka Assembly meets at 5 p.m. for the landslide work session at Harrigan Centennial Hall. Raven News will broadcast the regular meeting beginning at 6 p.m. following Alaska News Nightly. Our broadcast of the meeting will be interrupted briefly from 7 to 8 p.m. for the governor's annual State of the State speech. Sitka reported 24 new coronavirus cases over the weekend, according to data published by the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services on Monday. The new cases bring Sitka's weekly case count down to 118, nevertheless keeping Sitka well in high alert. Since the start of the pandemic, Sitka has reported 1,826 coronavirus cases, 29 hospitalizations and six deaths. Around 500 new COVID cases have been reported in the month of January alone. That exceeds the number of cases reported in July, which was previously a record-breaking month for Sitka, with over 400 cases reported. Yakutat reported two new positive coronavirus cases on Monday, according to the Department of Public Safety. These new cases bring the city's active case count to 14. Both cases are in local residents. Both were vaccinated and symptomatic at the time of testing. Since the start of the pandemic, Yakutat has reported a total of 81 COVID cases. A section of the Sitka Cross Trail is closed until further notice after a landslide washed out about 30 feet of the trail over the weekend. Sitka Trailworks Executive Director Ben Huey says the slump occurred just past the Cascade Bridge at some point between Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning. That took out the entire base of the cross trail right below a downhill. A hiker called in and we were able to get a couple photos and post a warning on Facebook as soon as we heard about it, since it does pose a potential danger to bikers coming from the north coming downhill. Huey says the city plans to send out an engineer to assess the area, but so far the timeline and strategy for reconstruction is unclear. Based on what I've seen, it appears that the slump uh, and slide continues a long ways downhill, meaning that rebuilding will be a considerable effort. The foundation for the trail base seems to be totally obliterated. So it is unclear what the strategy for reconstruction will be at this point. Huey says it wasn't the only landslide that took place over the weekend. I think this is a good reminder that on heavy rain event days, we all have to be really heads up when we're in the woods, that these slides could happen at any time. There was rockfall out in Silver Bay um, near the Gary Paxton Industrial Park. 
And it's just really good to be mindful when we have these heavy rain events. A news release from the city states that the trail is closed from Cascade Creek Bridge to Kramer Avenue until further notice due to the erosion event. Wrangell Elementary and middle school students, some accompanied by their parents, walked out of class Friday morning to protest the school district's requirement that they wear masks indoors. KSTK's Sage Smiley reports. As a couple of students gingerly pick their way up the icy hill next to Evergreen Elementary School, others take turns riding down on a neon orange sled. At the top of the hill, blue surgical masks curl onto the logs of a fire as students throw their masks in. Danika Smalley helps students pick out signs from a stack made by her fifth grade daughter, Mackenzie. Freedom of choice. No more masks. It's 10.30 on a Friday and school is in session, but these elementary and middle school students have left class to protest the Wrangell Public School District's mask policies. Throughout the pandemic, mask-wearing requirements around town have been controversial, but Wrangell Public Schools has kept its face-covering mandate. Fifth grader Charlie Nelson says she and her classmate Clara Carney started protesting masks earlier this month. It's been two years of me and Clara and our classmates wearing masks, and no one asked us how we felt about it. No one asked us if we liked it. They've just been forcing us to wear them. And I'm tired of it. Nelson and Carney both testified to the Wrangell School Board at its January meeting and say they've been sent home from school for refusing to wear masks in class. Parent Danika Smalley says her daughter Mackenzie was also sent home, and that got students and parents thinking. I had a couple of parents message me and tell me that the kids wanted to do something big. And a couple of them had mentioned a walkout. And when she came home after they got sent home on Monday, it kind of set in motion for us parents talking about actually doing this. So all we did was get a group text going and it just kind of spread like wildfire and yeah. By the fire, Logan Jansen holds a white cardboard sign that says, unmask our children, let them be kids. No one can breathe in them and it's just, not right for school and kids. Do you think it's helped in the pandemic? I think so, but we just don't, the only thing we don't want is just masks in school. Jansen is there with his mom, Amanda, and some of his siblings. Um, I don't like the fact that we're masking our children because adults are scared. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. children are the, are the least, you know. What affected? Yeah, yeah, they're not high risk. Children, you know, they have immunity, you know, immune systems that work great. Fifth grader Clara Carney comes up the hill a little bit late to the walkout. Well, actually, I got scared a little bit. But now she's here, she reiterates a message she shared with the school board. Just to, so you guys know, uh, masks don't help at all because kids just take off their masks and go to friends' houses all the time, so... Students and parents say there were more kids who wanted to be at the walkout, but school policy kept some from attending. Superintendent Bill Burr explains. Parents have to check students out. That's that's always been the, the that's been board policy at the elementary because it's a closed campus. They need parents to uh, permission, and parents would pick their students up in the office mm-hmm. like any other day. Jackson Carney, Clara Carney's older brother, who's a seventh grader, said it was a little easier to leave the middle school. We were in silent reading. Okay. And you have to like write down how many points you got. And we just put down like 7.5 because that's how long we were there or something and walked out. 
but walking out isn't without consequences for the middle schoolers. Some people of us might not be able to do wrestling for this, but uh, we believe in the cause. Carney and other students at the walkout say they want students to have a say in the policy. It should be their choice. Like, they should have the choice if they're going to do it or not. If they're worried about it, wear a mask. If they're not, no big deal. We're just ready for life to be back to normal. The students say they're committed to seeing masks being made optional in Wrangell Public Schools and that they'll stop organizing once the school board listens to yeah, us. Yeah, once the school board just listens. Wrangell School Board discussed the first major update to the district's mitigation plan at its January 17th meeting, but mask rule changes weren't on the agenda. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. The city of Juneau is considering scrapping part of its long-range waterfront plan in favor of allowing the construction of a fifth dock for cruise ships. For the last 17 years, Juno's plan has called for a mixed-use neighborhood and marina between the Coast Guard dock and the mouth of Gold Creek. But in 2020, Norwegian Cruise Lines bought the three-acre parcel for $20 million. Planners originally envisioned a marina for smaller boats at the site and a long, floating dock for visiting yachts, small cruise ships, and other vessels. A dock for big ships wasn't part of that picture. Nevertheless, times have changed, and Juneau City staff are proposing an amendment to the existing waterfront plan that kills the marina and floating dock concept. Instead, there will be a facility for one large cruise ship, as well as ships operated by the Coast Guard and National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Amending the waterfront plan wouldn't clear the way for Norwegian to build, but it would be one less thing for the Juneau Planning Commission to parse when it considers granting Norwegian a permit to develop its property. Alexandra Pierce is the city's tourism manager. She says the planning commission would still have other bread and butter urban planning issues to weigh. The zoning in the area, parking and traffic requirements, things like that. Pierce recently presented the proposed changes to the waterfront plan and has been asking for public comment. So far, Juneau residents have voiced either strong support or strong opposition. Haven't seen a ton of comments yet, about a dozen. I would say that it's fairly similar to the types of comments that we received in the Visitor Industry Task Force. A poll conducted last year showed that most Juno residents support Norwegian's development of the dock. Even if Norwegian wins the support of the Planning Commission, the cruise line has more public hurdles in its path. It will have to obtain a permit to develop and operate in the city-owned tidelands around the property. And the Coast Guard and NOAA must be satisfied that the development will not affect their access to the water. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.